Dumais from Chicago. This is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of Roman innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Democrat Elizabeth Austin, Professor Peter Hanna, Republican Josh Cantrell, and Kathy Posner, former Assistant Legislative Inspector General for Chicago. Our program tonight coming to you from our own base at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago. Thank you very much for joining us. Phone lines open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you'd like to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont at museum.tv. And also, if you'd like to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo, at D-U-M-O. And, of course, you can join us on the World Wide Web at beyondthebeltway.com. And also, if you missed the show on a Sunday night, but also if you want to watch us live, we're on Facebook. Look for the Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont. Facebook page, and you'll see a smack dab in the middle of your computer. Again, as we always say, there's lots to talk about this evening, and we're going to talk about uh, a lot of things that happened last week, And but we're going to begin by talking about what happens next. And so I want to begin, and the question that I'm going to ask everybody is, where do we go as a nation now? Now, now that the, the fighting uh, is over last week, Obviously, we've got an election coming up in November. We're going to talk about that as the program unfolds. But where do we go as a nation to try to bring the sides together, if, it, if that's even at all possible? Elizabeth Austin, we're going to start with you. Well, why don't you start with a hard question mm-hmm. instead? <laughs> uh, this, this is painful for me as an American and as a patriot. I, I am uncomfortable when people say, uh, the nation has never been more divided because I remember, well, I don't remember the Civil War, no matter what my children may have told you. Oh. But, um, you know, there have been times that this nation has been severely divided, and we have come together afterward. And so I'm hopeful, but I don't know how how we get past the feeling of mutual disrespect and distrust. I, I just would say... Mm-hmm. There was, you know, when Eisenhower was appointing uh, Supreme Court justices, and apparently he had a million of them. It was crazy. Right. The yeah. Eisenhower uh, had five nominations, and there he was making strategic choices. He he chose Earl Warren because he wanted a conservative chief justice. That didn't turn out the way he right. had hoped. Right. But there was an emphasis on on bringing things together and to have candidates that everyone could vote for. You get 70 votes. Okay. Let's go to Kathy Posner. You're one of our card-carrying, semi-card-carrying Republicans, although you're very independent. What's your answer to that very difficult question? I want to start off by saying that we have the lowest unemployment rate in 49 years. So obviously the country is doing something right, even though there might be anger in what people are feeling about certain things. So I'd rather see a low unemployment than worry about making a Democrat happy. But what is it more than just making a Democrat happy? Is, it, is there anything that, that's important to bring the nation together? Or, or is, is, a, is a split nation okay? I think a split nation is okay because you want to hear both sides of the story. 
before you make the decision, which would be the Republican decision. Peter, what's wrong with that? Peter uh, is one of our guests, uh, Peter uh, Narrow, and a question (laughs) to you, uh, Hannah, uh, Mr. Hannah, (laughs) Professor Hannah. Um, What's wrong with a 50-50 nation? I mean, nothing's wrong. I think the first question that you you asked, you know, where do we go from here? Really, in a normal time, in a civil time, you look to the leader to move you forward. Um, uh, We don't have a leader who's moving us forward. We have a leader who um, engages in pettiness, um, divisiveness. Um, And, Kathy, to your point about the Is that the Democratic side or the Republican side? uh, Democratic side, referring to the Republican leader, the leader of the country, uh, President Trump. But to your point about unemployment being low, um, you know, that doesn't mean that equality is high. That doesn't mean that the disparity in power and, you know, wealth and, you know, quality of living is, you know, um, getting any better. So, yes, it's great that unemployment is low, but, I mean, you know, first-year economic student anywhere uh, could tell you that if you slash corporate taxes across the board the way this government has, you know, there's going to be more corporate money and more jobs. Okay. But Josh, that's not the end of it. Josh, our re- other Republican, uh, where do we go next? That's the question. I'd like to see us come together and heal, and I think Kathy, uh, uh, others have, I'm sorry, Elizabeth made a good point about, like, the the country, we went through the Civil War, the late 60s, 1968 was probably worse than this. But unfortunately, I'm not optimistic, and I'm just going to say it, I, I think that we cannot come together as a country until the Democrats accept the election results. And I think once that happens and they accept the fact that they lost fair and square in 2016, we can start to come together. Elizabeth, is that part of the issue? It's a difficult question because it's true that under the rules of the game, he got more electoral votes and he won. However, it's also true that three million more people voted for Hillary Clinton. And, you know, we have created a, a situation where increasingly you can have you can lose the popular vote and win the electoral vote. And it starts to create concerns about what does it mean to have rule by the majority if the minority keeps winning. So you, you make a very good point, actually, because we went through this in 2000 as well. Yes, and I know. back then, I was on your side. I wanted Gore Lieberman to win. I, I'm not, like, so hardcore that I haven't voted for the other side. And I was very upset, and I could, I could feel it. And I, I, I mean, I, I can sympathize, or I should say empathize, with what you're going through. But the Electoral College is, that's the rules of the game. I understand that. And it's got to be changed by constitutional amendment. It's probably not going to happen. So, but, but, but is there a responsibility, I'm going to ask Peter, is there a responsibility for both sides, and again, tonight we're talking about the Democrats, that they have to educate their constituents of what the rules of the game are? And the rules of the game are, you know what, if you win in certain states, you're the president. You can make all these appointments. It doesn't make any difference that Hillary Clinton got 3 million votes. It doesn't make any difference. It may, it may make difference if you look at the, at the campaign in congressional districts, that if somebody won a congressional district, you know, they say that the Democrat should probably be the congressman from that district. But that's not even the case. Yeah, I mean, the simplest rule of the game that I think everyone, especially the Democratic side, need to appreciate is that elections have consequences, period. Absolutely. They have rules, too. Kathy, rules? So, so the, the question is, at this particular point, what, what is the worst thing, in your opinion, that the Republicans can do now? Think of the worst thing. 
Um, I can't think of anything really horrible. Probably in be poor in, winners. Be poor winners. No, we should we should be kind gracious. winners. We should do be you, gracious. Do you winners. think the president has the ability to be a no, kind winner? He does not. Unfortunately, I, gosh, he doesn't have. I, yeah. I, I disagree. I, I I've seen it, it, more maturity on the president's part in the last couple of weeks than I have recently. And, I, and again, the bar is somewhat low there in terms of <laughs> that. But, I mean, if you look at his approval ratings, the, they're, they're know, increasing. You're they're right. They're increasing. And I think that he handled the whole Kavanaugh thing pretty well, actually. When we come back, we're going to get a reaction. 1-800-723-8289. Not only what is next, but, again, literally what is next between now and uh, November. We've got a midterms coming up. The impact of last week on November. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at briansellsthedesert.com. went back in Chicago, and Elizabeth Austin, you wanted to make a, a case about what the Democrats uh, need to do next. I'm surprisingly going to agree with you, because I believe that the Democrats dropped the ball 20 years ago, and were not adequately focused on elections at the local level, and then at the state level. And there was a a lack of understanding that the local level leads inexorably to the state level, and the state level is where decisions are made about redistricting and about many of the laws that hit people where they live. And so because we were focused more on the overall picture, we failed to start raising those candidates from the village halls, the city halls. And so we didn't have a deep bench, and we didn't have the majorities in the state legislatures when we needed them. Peter, what would you add to that? Uh, no, I, I would I agree with everything Elizabeth said, and I would add, you know, it's why most of the governor's offices across the um, country are occupied by Republicans at this time. Um, but, you know, I think Elizabeth's earlier point about ultimately, you know, the Electoral College and the popular vote, it, it leads to some weird, screwy results. So as I was saying um, in, during the break, four of the five in the conservative majority in the Supreme Court were appointed by presidents who won the office of the president despite losing the popular vote. The Supreme Court is supposed to be in tune with sort of the sentiment and the direction the country is going and the, you know, the popular sort of sentiment couched in the Constitution and interpreting the Constitution. But there, I mean, again, if you actually look at Supreme Court decisions, you'll see again and again sort of a tip of the hat to where the country is going. Um, and that's just, that's just the way it is. So it shouldn't Kathy? be. I mean, a Supreme Court justice should not make any decision based on 
what the uh, country or the people are feeling. They're supposed to make all decisions based on so the Constitution. Can I, can I ask you one question? So let's say I go home and I, my, before I've gone to law, I have an electrical engineering background, and I dust off my, my degree and I build a handheld laser, a gun that I – basically a laser that I use to carve people up just like a phaser in Star Trek – you know, do you think that at some point the Supreme Court, if it, you know, is considering that legality of that weapon, you think they are allowed to actually kind of consider where we are technologically, where we are in time? I mean, they have to. They can't just look at the Second Amendment and, and assume that, you know, flintlock rifles are the standard Te- by which okay. to— technology is different from sentiment. You said the sentiment of the people. If the sentiment of the people now are more pro-life than pro-choice, and if we get a Supreme Court— that would go but, pro-life. But technology does inform sentiment. That's why we have pills like, you know, Plan B. That's a technology, essentially, a pharmaceutical technology that someone could take to, you know, right after possible conception to have an abortion, more or less. Josh. So, I, I mean, I, I'm going to disagree with Peter and just say that the winner of the presidency gets to pick who the Supreme who he or she wants to put on the Supreme Court, the appellate courts, and the district courts. And this president has done a remarkable job of that, not all the way down to the lower courts. And that's just how things go. The Senate has a role to advise and consent. What we saw here with Kavanaugh was more search and destroy. And I think that's why our side is so fired up about this situation. I want to to talk about... Uh, again, how you, posi- how, you, how you make your case, following up on what Elizabeth said. What can the Democrats do to get back in the game and basically, in my, in my opinion, maybe clean up a little bit some mistakes that might have been made, might have been made, in my opinion, last week. I think they went over the top uh, in their efforts to, to destroy uh, Brett Kavanaugh and to push the, the, uh, uh, the scenario of Dr. Ford forward. That'll be something we will talk about. But last night in Kansas, the president was out doing one of his campaign rallies, and uh, as he frequently does, he, com- he knows how to turn a phrase and maybe come up with a, if not a bumper sticker, something that will be a focus of Republican candidates between now and November based on the way the Democrats acted and their supporters acted for the last couple of weeks. Listen to the president from last night. You don't hand matches to an arsonist, and you don't give power to an angry left-wing mob, and that's what they've become. Josh, is that a good uh, message? I think it's a great message. I have to say that, um, Bruce, as you know, I was a never-Trumper, and, right. uh, and you've seen my evolution. Um, I have. Uh, uh, I'm now uh, supportive of the president. I love his policies. Uh, I have a lot of people uh, on my social media page that follow me who are never Trumpers and independents. Even they now are on board. This Kavanaugh fight has brought the GOP together like it's ne- it hasn't been since Trump first entered the scene. Elizabeth Austin, I want to get your reaction to the president's uh, uh, fine-tuning the message between now and November. I have to say that when I think of an angry mob, I do think of Charlottesville and not ladies in Washington, D.C. So I would disagree with the president on some general principles. Would you say that angry mobs can be both left and right? Absolutely. And screaming in the face of United States senator, is that, uh, is that good politics or bad politics? I'm not sure. We'll see, I think, in November. 
I, I think that... No, no, so, no, 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 I mean, what, what do you think when you see people uh, on, on, at, at this particular case on one side? And by the way, I'm not saying that re- there haven't been moments where Republicans or conservatives in the past may have used their voices, raised their voices, and gotten in the face of Democrats that they don't like. That has happened from time to time over the last 50 years. I'm talking about what happened last week, the video that's playing now and is going to play over and over again, I think to reinforce what the president had to say, is they're going to see angry people who are screaming in the face of a United States senator or trying to uh, you know, defeat one who voted uh, for Judge Kavanaugh. Is that good or bad? I, I honestly don't know because I think it's important that these were angry women. And so I don't think it's as frightening to viewers, perhaps, as angry men. I'm not... I, That's I'm, sexist, no. saying that women can't be as powerful as men. I, I actually I mean, did fri- not I've say I've been frightened that. for my life by both women and men in equal part, but I... I, think no, I when you're talking about the, the politics yeah, of, of an image, I, I, and I'm saying I'm not sure. I think a lot of us who have had sexual assault happen in our lives feel that anger. And I think that crosses party lines. I'm not, I'm, I honestly don't know how this is going to play out. I am as interested as the next person because I don't know what the right ways to go politically. Here, and, Matt, here, and let me just, I just want to go. Uh, so you have been a victim in the past? You know, it's an interesting point because I, I don't think victim is the right word. I don't think survivor is the right word. I think target. Target is the right word. And I was a victim of a sexual assault and of sexual harassment. Okay. This is the third week in the row, uh, week in a row, where, where a female guest on this show has admitted to some form of, of sexual, uh, as being a victim or a recipient of unwanted sexual uh, attacks. Yeah. Okay. Here's my question. Just, and I, everybody should talk about it. What lesson did women who have been sexually assaulted in the past, what lesson did they learn last week because of these hearings? The lesson that I learned is that it does not rise to the level of policy in the Republican Party. Now, I don't know. I mean. I, I would agree completely. I think the lesson they learned is that the is Republican agenda trumps everything, no, no pun intended, including, you know, individual um, and powerful experiences. Uh, I think anyone who watched uh, Christine Blasey Ford's uh, testimony, um, you know, saw that this is a woman whose entire life path was really altered and, and you know, who she is today was really affected by whatever occurred, you know, but Peter, a, years ago. A, a, as an attorney, by the way, I would agree with that. If he watched it, I was moved by her testimony, but as a lawyer mm-hmm. and also as a journalist, there were some questions that needed to be asked. No one stepped forward to corroborate her story, including her best friend. Nobody. Well, we, we don't know. Oh, if I, as a lawyer, I mean, how do you how do you react to that? That's a great question. I would just like to make two points. One, there was really no opportunity for the FBI to get the input and the testimony or the you know, sworn statements of the folks who would have stepped up. There were tons of reports across the media in the New York. What about the f- what about there were four people that she identified that were at the party? Just four. Mm-hmm. The FBI talked to all four. No one would cooperate. If there were others that could cooperate, why were they not mentioned over the last 35 years 
Why were they not mentioned to her psychologist? And most importantly, when the microphones of the world were on and everybody was watching her, why didn't she mention other names? She mentioned four names, mm-hmm. and they were all interviewed by the FBI more than once. Well, she mentioned four names at the you know, so-called party, which wasn't a party. It was a gathering. And again, I, I, I'm not a senator. I didn't have access to the small room that the 100-page report was sitting in. I had no chance to look at it. I don't know what was said by those folks. But to your point about me as a lawyer and what would I do, this wasn't a criminal prosecution. No. If I were interviewing at a fast food restaurant and someone called my putative manager and said, hey, Peter sexually assaulted me, or, and a second person said, yes, he did that to me too, and a third said, and he started a, bu- a bar fight and he was a belligerent drunk, I wouldn't even get the job as the checkout clerk. And this is a person who is going to be one of nine who will be dictating policy that affects men, women, sexual assault survivors, etc., for another few decades possibly. Se- Gosh. Seven background checks, over a million pages of documents. Uh, Kavanaugh has been subjected to 32 hours of testimony, has been subjected to more scrutiny than any Supreme Court justice in history. And so getting back to your original question about um, Dr. Ford, who I feel very badly for, I really do, um, I think the lesson is not to trust your story and not to trust your um, uh, that the Democrats are going to take care of you because the way that Dianne Feinstein in her office handled this right. with the leak is absolutely despicable. And what I want to see happen is a full investigation of who leaked Dr. Ford's name. I want to do she that didn't too. She did deserve but, this. But before that, before it went to Dianne Feinstein, why didn't she get her best friend to vouch for her? Her best friend. Before she wrote any letter to anybody, why didn't she have her best friend on her side? Maybe because she didn't think it was possible that no one would believe her. Or because she didn't want to ensnare her. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Bruce Dumont back. I understand that uh, we're having some problem with our feed, our live stream feed this evening. I'm told that we are on Facebook, but we're not on YouTube. So uh, if, uh, obviously, if you're watching us on YouTube, you're not watching us. Mm-hmm. But if you're watching us on Facebook, you should be able to be seeing us. And again, the best way to uh, confirm that with us is to send us a note or give us a call at 1-800-723-8229. We're working to, to, to figure out uh, uh, what happened. By the way, I just want to make a point uh, that I asked the, the guests before the break, and that is on the issue of, of, of women and what should women do. I hope what happened last week does not dissuade women from coming forward to tell their story to a local jurisdiction or to, to their therapist, to their priest, to their pastor, to, to someone. I think the lesson is, however, 
is that if indeed you're going to go public, I mean, in this particular case, Dr. Ford trusted her local uh, Democratic uh, representative. Uh, she uh, uh, trusted Diane Feinstein. She told her story. She asked that her name not be moved forward, and that speaks to, to Josh's concern about how do we get to the bottom of that because she was outed by a Democrat. If it wasn't one of those groups, it was her lawyers who outed her, or she became a good friend. She did not want this to happen. And the big issue here is if you're going to make a story and you're going to reveal your story, have witnesses. Your best friend has got to be on your side from the moment you make your charge. If that, if that doesn't exist, you're going to be treated like many people have treated Dr. Ford. And that is, hey, n- nobody, nobody is, is cooperating what you're telling. So if you can't cooperate it, you may have the same problem that Dr. Ford did. But if you can cooperate, you have every bit of responsibility, and not, not just because this is the Me Too time in our society. You need help, and, and someone, if the statute of limitation is not passed, maybe should go to jail. And that's, and that's your responsibility. How many women have a witness when they're sexually assaulted? And they're, they're, not. they're not. There, there is no witness. Yeah. So uh, that I, I, I disagree with. You How about, say, but, but, as, but would you, case, would you, would you tell your people, girlfriend the next day? Would you tell some? I'm not saying that you should. This is not the victim. I I'm, never just, I'm just saying is what lessons can be learned? I because didn't, we're, we're in telling, a position now again, where every we have, woman we have is two, believed. Two women shaking their heads no, saying no, they've never told. No, no, that's hearsay then. But that, um, if, if I tell a friend, girlfriend the next day, that doesn't make it so. Again, there's no proof. There's no witness. My telling somebody doesn't make what it so. What would you suggest then? I, that women just unfortunately have to be more careful. And it's not even their fault. You could just be walking down the street and it can happen. Yeah. It I mean, can happen to you. I would point out that, I mean, in retrospect, yes, there are things that Dr. Ford could have done differently, but she did take a polygraph and she did pass it. And I'm guessing that she felt that that was corroborative. She did have her medical records, which she didn't want to turn over without some security that they would not have been made public, which I think is a reasonable fear given everything that we've seen. So, you know, it, she didn't handle it brilliantly. It, this isn't her, this isn't what she does. No. I mean, I, I think it almost speaks a little bit more to her credibility that it wasn't seamless and perfectly organized and strategized. I, I, I really feel bad for Dr. Ford. I feel like she was ill-treated by her attorneys who apparently didn't tell her that the Senate Judiciary Committee was willing to go out and interview her in California. There's a lot of stuff that, that is just really, really strange here and that maybe she's being used as the poster child of a movement and she didn't want to be. She but, submitted this anonymously. That in the summer. Been, in the in summer. The summer, And that should have been respected. And, and it's, it, it's either, as Bruce said, her lawyer's or somebody in, Di- in Diane Feinstein's office that leaked this. And, Peter, and here we are. Which, uh, as, as an attorney, um, doesn't an attorney have the responsibility to communicate to their client any and all communication that might affect their case? They are. They are. And, uh, you know, there are some sort of, like, as always, exceptions. Uh, you know, if that would lead to someone harming someone or, or killing someone, there's exceptions. But I just want to kind of refocus this for one second. If you're on the fence 
as to whether Christine Blasey Ford was, you know, credible, truthful, otherwise. Um, when Kavanaugh, um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, now Justice Kavanaugh, stepped forward after she testified and gave the response that he gave, which was blatantly partisan, invoking, uh, you know, resentment over the election and the Clintons and saying it's a liberal conspiracy, saying something like what goes around comes around. That is not something I want to hear from my local county judge, um, you know, when they're running for office. Because to me, that sounds like I am going to have a chance. I'm going to be presiding over cases at some point that these liberal groups, including, for example, the ACLU, who I, I work with occasionally, they spent a million dollars opposing this confirmation. Um, and now he's going to have a chance. How can he be completely neutral when this organization who's before him repeatedly... I you look at his judicial record. I have. In, in, in the appellate court, 93% siding with, Gar, with Garland were there the, the same. But if, if the way that he was treated by the media and by the Democrats on that committee, I don't blame him one bit. I thought that he performed brilliantly. And I can Josh, tell you, do you re- wait, wait, do you really believe, and I, I, I divide his testimony into two things. There was the prepared statement where he was, he was, he was, he was upset, and I think most people would, uh, would understand why he would be upset. Uh, and he was angry, and he was sniffling, and he was almost a breakdown, and I, I don't think any of that was, was, was fake tears. But then, when it got to the Q&A session mm-hmm. with the senators, don't you think he overstepped the bounds on more than one occasion? When he starts asking questions of Senator Klobuchar, was that there. over the yes, edge? he did there. He, even he with did. Senator Feinstein. He, he did. Justice, but, imagine, could you imagine anyone, Justice Rehnquist, Justice Scalia, anyone ever having that sort of demeanor? But nobody's a, been attacked like this unfairly. And the way that the, these Democrats said within hours of him being nominated that they weren't going to support him. So what what were they out to do? They already they weren't out to try to get to the truth or the bottom line of this. They were out to destroy this man. And I feel like I want to see a fighter. The the, the fiction that the Supreme Court is not political, we ought to just dispense with that because we all know that's not the case. But I, I just would Go point ahead, out Elizabeth. to you that's why they wear robes. That's why, I mean, Justice Rehnquist did not vote because he felt he did not want to, uh, Chief Justice Rehnquist did not vote because he did not want to feel that when someone came in front of him, he had an interest one way or the other. I realize that these are human beings, that they're the products of their education and their background, but I think that we expect our judges to do whatever they can to put aside partisanship on both sides. What? And, and the, the things Early that he's... Caesar's wife. But what yeah. do we expect yeah. of our senators? Let's talk about that. Don't, shouldn't we expect more of our senators? Our senators don't serve lifetime appointments. Our senators aren't, you know, sanctioned under Article 3 of the Constitution. They're not picked by the president. I mean, our senators can be voted out after six years. I think our senators should have term limits because some of them seem to be serving life, uh, lifetime appointments. But... I think that the Senate has long since kind of lost its um, let's get to a compromise, and it looks more and more like the House every day. Is, it, is, is violating a confidence, uh, uh, how should we view that in the, in, the, in the political climate? That's one of the big issues, and, and, and Josh has brought it up. That's one of the big issues because when, when the Democrats, uh, are, you know, when all this came out, the Republicans made a very good point during the first part of the the, uh, the testimony when they when they were both testifying, is that they were looking for fairness, and I think 
the Republicans stole the fairness issue for those watching out in TV land, and they owned it. And then the Democrats said, well, then we need, we need the FBI investigation. And then Jeff Flake says, okay, let's have the FBI investigation. At that point, I think the Democrats stole the fairness issue back because they argued, well, it was only for a week or they didn't interview. So, I mean, that's, that's on the issue. But the biggest issue is I don't think anybody who, who watches this, and the Democrats want to avoid this as much as possible, nobody can say that, that the, the likely uh, uh, leakers of her identity were either someone on Feinstein's staff or someone on, on, on the judiciary staff or, or, her, or her friends. Let me ask you a question. Lawyers, You're probably right. And, ask- and, but, but that person... That person decided to violate her confidence. They violated her. They did, Why did she tell if she didn't think it would get out? What was the point then? She knew it would get out. She, no, she said that she wanted to alert the White House about Brett Kavanaugh before the president made the appointment. Now, that's right. what she said. I find that a little hard to believe that she felt by going to her Democratic congresswoman that was the best way to get information to the White House. She's a Ph.D. You could call the FBI local office. You could have called the White House switchboard, and you would have spoken to somebody who would have listened to her story. They may not have believed it. Well, everyone who tried to call the FBI switchboard to say corroborate, to give corroborating testimony apparently were given the runaround and told to file something online. But I think in theory you're right. Um, but she did come forward right after Justice Kennedy announced she his retirement. She also didn't know any Republicans. Well, I mean, she's in California. Where she's from, well, where she's living. There's a Republican if you, Party if, in California. If you want to get something to the White House and you're 53 years old and you're a Ph.D., you should be able to figure that out. And what I don't understand, Bruce, is why, why didn't she come forward – 10 years ago when Brett Kavanaugh was elevated to the most important appellate court in the country short of the Supreme Court. She didn't do it then. She probably didn't know. I mean, I think the, uh, most I mean, people don't. I want to raise a larger question here. Go when ahead. you talk about keeping a confidence, do you think Mark Felt did the right thing when he called Woodward and Bernstein? Was that the act of a patriot or a traitor? History I want to think about that. Patriot. Pardon? I want to think about that. Okay. I, I, I think the issue is, I think he was a patriot. Okay. okay. Back shortly from Chicago. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce, I'm back in Chicago. We've got a, uh, a text here. 
and it is from Gregory listening to us in uh, Georgia. The lesson, if you're going to make a sexual assault allegation, be prepared to go big or go home. She did go big. Okay. So, yeah. So I a mean, future person. The, the thing is, if, if it happens again, that's what you've got to be prepared. You've got to be able to right. put yourself out there like Dr. Ford did, if you want to do it. But, but, uh, go ahead. But she really didn't go big in the way that Bruce was describing earlier because she didn't have her ducks in a row. I think that's the issue. Okay. Now, if I may bring up the – let's push these allegations aside. Allegations okay. are truth. Let's put this aside. Let's just talk about how he acted – in high school and in college, being blind, blind drunk, and all well, sorts he never, of things. He never said blind drunk. Well, he, they denied. Were, he, he, he denied. He denied. But he, he didn't seem to deny ever drinking, ever doing anything no, crazy. No, not right. He denied yeah. drinking to excess. He to denied ex- ever but then there were. Up. But his college roommate talked about his yeah. drinking to excess. Now, I do not think someone should be judged on what happened 35 years ago. But why lie about it? Now, because he because he why? didn't lie, he admitted that he drank too much at times. The, what he said is that he did not so he black. He was not a blackout drunk. When you read that's, his calendar, for him to say those are drinking games, grabbing skis with the dogs. he shouldn't. He said he, he drank too much. Kevin. No, no, no. I don't think he the did drinking it. that he called drinking games that were sexual games and Renata, uh, or whatever yeah. how you pronounce member her, of the Renata yeah. alum. It's obvious what was going on. And while he shouldn't have been judged on what he did 35 years ago, the fact that he tried to cover it up, that's I, what I it's I disagree that he I, covered I, anything up. I, I, oh, I have to did. say one thing Elizabeth. about this. I have to say one thing. Everybody here, what was the drinking age when you were in high school? And were, were you legal before you graduated from high school? Anybody? It was 18. I grew I up in Louisiana, and everybody was drinking a lot. Everybody. But, but you know I that you— I really did not have a drink in high school. Okay. I'm not I truly, but, but, oh, I didn't. I didn't until college. I'm going to say, I'm going to, 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 I'm I don't like beer. I'm the completely opposite of Brett Kavanaugh. Kiss your Supreme Court nomination goodbye. I'm gone. Okay? <laughs> I don't drink alcohol at all. I think we should bring prohibition back. I'm but, well, but, but and Donald I, Trump doesn't drink. I know. I, yeah, I know. So against. But alcohol. but I want to say when he said that he was drinking legally in high school. Come on, we all knew what was legal and what wasn't. Don't be ridiculous. Bruce, can I see something? Surely, Surely. just the the voters out there. Um, you know, the confirmation vote is not necessarily the last word on Justice Kavanaugh. Um, if the Democrats take the House, they'll have the subpoena power of the House. Um, and if he lied under oath, um, that is a high crime uh, or misdemeanor, uh, which, of course, everyone who's lived through the Clinton impeachment yeah, uh, would know. Now, Supreme Court justice has never been impeached, but this is all the more reason to keep in mind that elections have consequences. Is and that a good one, idea for the Democrats to talk like that? Oh. I mean, I'm not saying they should. Impeachment requires two-thirds well, no, of the Senate. Well, no, but Jerry Nadler is already talking about yeah. it, He's, and he will be the chairman of the, uh, uh, of the Judiciary Committee in the House if the uh, Democrats take control. I mean, should the Democrats be talking about it's, I would think most people now, whether regardless of what side, the last thing you want to hear is about Brett Kavanaugh because you're like up to here with I, it. I hope they talk about it because I think that's going to play right into our, our hands. Actually, I, I was counseling a congressional candidate not long ago who uh, the question comes up for people who are running for Congress, would you vote to impeach the president? And my advice to him, which also is my belief, 
is that to say that you would vote for impeachment when you do not have any idea as to the facts of the situation. I mean, yes, there are things that Trump has done that are troubling. The New York Times article on the Trump family's finances, it was very troubling. But to say so but but and and but to say why yes I would vote to impeach him because I am blindly partisan that one doesn't play and I don't think it's going to play for Brett Kavanaugh either I think I think this is where Elizabeth and I may part somewhat I think part of the That's reason okay. that so it is okay <laughs> um, but part of the reason I think the Democratic Party has lost so so much is again I mean just sort of soft peddling and I'm not saying you are but sort of soft peddling the message and actually eventually having no message People want to hear. I mean, if I were that candidate, I would say, look, I don't know the facts, but if the facts support oh, impeachment, I will absolutely do everything in my power to step forward and, and bring papers of impeachment. Right, let me it. ask you this question. Do you believe that Michael Avenatti, did he help or hurt the case against Brett Kavanaugh? Um, you know, as, a, as an attorney, one of the things that I remember having hammered into my brain is if you've got a weak argument, don't feature it. Because you give the other side an, a laser beam focus to attack, and I think that's what he did. He brought this kind of, you know, his own – and I, I like some of his stuff, but a lot I'm, I'm questioning. He brought his own ego into this, and he brought this person who had somewhat, you know, outlandish claims. I don't know if they're true or not. And then he was on TV, you know, and this got equalized with exactly. the Christine Blasey Ford and some of the more legitimate things. Um, and I think, it, I think it hurt in the end. Elizabeth, what do you think? Michael Avenatti, basta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got a taste of the grape, and and he was in the media. And then what happened? All of a sudden, he wasn't in the media anymore. Oh my God! I better go find some way for me to get in the media. And we'll find a month from now. There's going to be something else our that he's going to be in the media for. Our response, uh, uh, a text response to your last comment uh, before uh, this issue: drinking too much doesn't make you a predator. Ask the Duke lacrosse team. The Duke lacrosse story is a great example of what can happen when the mob rules. And I would encourage everyone to read Stuart Taylor's book about the Duke Cross because that, that was in my mind a lot during these hearings. A completely fake event. And four uh, innocent men paid for it. I think you, will hear, you, you may hear more uh, discussion of that between now and, and, uh, uh, and, and Election Day because, again, I go back to the President's comments last night about uh, giving matches to arsonists uh, and, and basically kowtowing to the mob. I think that's going to be the focus of a lot of congressional campaigns, and I think a lot of the video that we saw on the street last week is going to be used by Republicans uh, in the coming uh, weeks before the November midterms. When we come back, we're going to talk more about those midterms, what it means, and what are some of the key issues above and beyond what we've just discussed that may uh, turn some uh, some of the Congress uh, from red to blue. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us. Back shortly after the network news. hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. 
Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. Elizabeth Austin is here. She's a Democrat. She's also a strategic communications consultant. She's been carrying the water for the Democrats this evening, getting help from <laughs> Professor uh, Peter Hanna. He's an uh, adjunct a law professor at Chicago Kent College of Law, also does a lot of work with the ACLU. Uh, Kathy Posner is here. She is the former assistant legislative inspector general uh, for the city of Chicago. And Josh Cantro is here, a Republican attorney specializing in uh, cyber security uh, you wanted to make a you wanted to question me on a point elizabeth I, and so i'm going to correct you you're going to correct me okay. <laughs> stand by for all of you people who love what i'm corrected go ahead you said that the the president's words of you know don't don't hand matches to a mob or whatever yes we're going to make the difference in the midterms and i Good. think you are wrong and here is why there are the districts such as the one in which i live where a canned ham with a D next to its name wins. There are similar districts where the canned ham with an R wins. And the districts that are flippable are the ones where sometimes people vote for the D ham, sometimes they vote for the R ham, depending on which ham 
or human being is more attractive, says the things that they more align with, and speaks to them in a way that they believe. And I don't think that in, in these swing districts, there, there are a few, I think, in Illinois particularly, we're going to see some swings because of Trump. Mm-hmm. But I think nationwide, in, in the districts that tend to go back and forth, you're going to see people voting for the more attractive candidate. And I think that's why Beto O'Rourke is probably going to win in the Senate, because he's a charmer, and Ted Cruz, whether you like his policies or not, I don't think anyone, even his mother, has ever called him a charmer. So I'm, I want to okay. go on the record as, as saying that I, I think Ted Cruz will win, but that, okay. that, that's going to be interesting. But on the other hand, I, look, in these swing districts, I don't think Michael Avenatti's all that popular either. Not at all. And they don't like Linda Sarsour. That's a big uh. problem with her being sort of the leader of this movement. And there's a lot of good images. And I can tell you on the right, I'm seeing a lot of things where she's going to be the poster child. Yeah. No, well, I, I, I think that, that what we're talking about is that there's going to be, uh, between now and, and November, there's going to be a lot of commercials that are going to be made. The point that I made in the last hour is that a lot of the comments uh, that the president referenced, they may not use that exact bite, but they're going to talk about uh, the, 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 all the video that exists of, of, of women screaming in the face of U.S. senators. And uh, a lot of women are going to be offended by that, not just men. I think a lot of women are offended. You told the story uh, anecdotally about your, about your grandmother during the break. I mean, uh, this, this goes back to Anita Hill. Mm-hmm. The things that they heard, they don't like. The people who watch C-SPAN, who are virtually almost 100% voters, this is what they see every single day. And they covered, they covered the demonstrations a lot more effectively, I think, than, than some of the networks did. And I'm just saying is that with all that venom that's out there, I think it's going to come through because the, what happened, what, what, what the people saw on television was different than what the uh, national commentators are telling them they saw on television. But you know it's, what I- not, it's not unlike the 1968 convention riots. The people in middle America were watching that, and very few people believed, liked what they saw. But all the network commentators were saying how horrible it was that the police were being you know, beaten up uh, by the uh, or the prosecutor, the uh, protesters, protesters were being beaten up by the police. Oh, oh it's, uh, just very briefly, you know, they're going to see the women screaming at you know, or not even screaming, but engaging with senators at the elevator. But they'll also screaming. see Orrin Hatch telling women yeah. grow up. Yeah. Um, and I think that is in a two-second soundbite. It's really powerful. It's a you know older white man telling women who are saying like we are victims of sexual assault to grow up. So there's plenty of fodder, I think, on both sides. We're going to have lower turnout in the midterm like we have had in every midterm ever, probably, um, you know, historically, if, if history is any precedent. Uh, but I think the, the Democratic side is a lot more riled up and has a lot more... Uh, Kathy, I, I, okay, I the, or- the Orrin Hatch line, is it going to be used, you're saying, in every single congressional race in no, America? No, no, no. But no, it, so it, it's not going to make, it's not going to make any be. difference... The big, the, big, the big change is going to be in the Senate. I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about that the Republicans could lose the Senate. I don't think there's a chance no, the Republicans I, are going to lose the Senate. I had a long conversation Never with thought. former Congressman Michael Flanagan, best remembered for having beaten Rostin Kowski. Yes. Uh, he said, Senate, we're going to gain three to five. And the House, we will keep a majority, probably lose 15. But we're going to 
gaining uh, gaining the Senate. Okay, now he's a Republican, so. So I, I want to address Peter's point, and I, I understand, and most of my friends are on the progressive left, that your side is fired up, but I, I can tell you ours is too. The enthusiasm gap has now narrowed from 12 to 2 in congressional races. Mm -hmm. The president's approval ratings are inching towards 50 percent. Well, um, 42, that's a big inch. No, no, no. The real, the real clear politics polls has, has there, there are a bunch, there are several of them that have him at 48, 49, and Rasmussen has him at 51. All right, I'm going to take a call. Ron and KTKZ in Sacramento, California. Go ahead. Uh, I, um, the way it looks to fly over country, uh, the Democrats are not, there's not going to be a red, uh, blue wave. Um, there's a huge walk away. Movement, or or maybe it's runaway from the extremist uh, nutcase Democrat Party. And, and let me just say, John Cox out here, Republican candidate, really has a chance to to uh, we badly need to get a Republican in a statewide office. Anybody inclined, send one dollar or five dollars to John Cox for governor. <laughs> but any no, I'm serious. He has a really good chance, and it would be extremely important. We got to start de-Stalinizing the People's Republic of California. And one last thing, Bruce. The way I, I see it, and a lot of people see, Dr. Ford is a sniveling, uh, calculating, far-left operative, kind of a Matahari traitor that almost upended. This guy, Judge Kavanaugh, a brilliant career, extremely okay. good peer-reviewed. Uh, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're getting into your opinion, and, and again, I don't think anybody, I don't think a lot of people think that she was sniveling. But anyway, thank you for no, your call. No, no, you I want to make a point. John Cox. John Cox. John Cox is here from, is, is from Illinois. He's from Chicago. He ran, you what, know about 15 times. Uh, yeah. He was a client of mine, I think, three or four of the times. I don't even really? remember Did what he pay races bills? they were. Yeah, he was very, okay. yeah, very, I, we actually lived in the same uh, a condo building, but it was like incredible to me that all of a sudden John shows up in California and is running for governor. He yeah. didn't win. He, I think he went for everything but dog catcher. I don't even no, remember he, all no. of the. He ran, he ran for Congress. He ran, he ran for recorder of deeds. Didn't he I run think, for water wreck? He ran for Senate. I, he, he, I, I remember working he ran for Senate. Senate. He's run he more than he Jim Oberweiss. Yeah, I mean, he ran, yeah. and then for him to show Whoa. up now in California, <laughs> but, but, okay. he never won here at all. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe he can win in California. Oh my God. I you know him well. Yeah. Did he ever hit on you? No, he had a very young wife, though. He, he, okay, I'm just checking. Yeah, he, he, he had a trophy <laughs> we wife. We have to ask those questions okay. now, and we're in the Me Too I, I don't think yeah. that we do, but I want to I get back to something that you said. And I'm going to correct you with the data point. I've been doing a lot of work in DuPage County, which is historically Republican. Yes. And the vote by mail is up to 22,000 requests so far. This exceeds 2016. So everybody's fired up. And incidentally, they keep a record of the early vote, whether you're Democratic or Republican. Yes. And it's the enthusiasm gap is small. You're right. Okay. We've got a pause. When we come back, more calls. Thanks for joining us tonight. 1-800-723-8289. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. 
That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at briansellsthedesert.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Let's go to Austin, Texas. Roger's listening to us tonight. Go ahead. Good evening, Bruce. Yes, Roger. for a fascinating show, as always. Thank you. You're great, man. You're great. Thank you. You know, sensationalized sexual assault allegations uh, where no actual sex was claimed motivated an aggressive mob supporting a guilty until proven innocent uh, narrative. Like Antifa protests uh, against conservative speakers on the university campuses and the resistance, they principally identify with one party. Uh, we, we have low unemployment now, relative peace in the Middle East, progress in Korea, North Korea, improved trade deals, a rising GDP, increasing incomes, higher consumer confidence, the highest, I think, right now returning manufacturing, and a record stock market bolstering our savings and retirement. I think people really need to think hard in November because electing guilty until proven innocent Democrats who will burn and destroy all of that and take us backwards, uh, you know, I pray they don't get the matches. So, uh, Roger. Amen, Roger. (laughs) Peter. Roger, um... You know, I know it must be tough down there in Beto country in Austin, uh, especially likely all alone. But I'll tell you that the guilty until proven innocent mentality, it seems to only apply to white, uh, older white men. Um, because if you're a young black man uh, walking down the street away from police, um, you're guilty uh, until proven innocent. And frankly, in, in some places, you're, you're going to get shot. Um, Democrats uh, have pushed again and again reforming our criminal laws so that they're a little bit better. Democrats have pushed police departments in big cities like Chicago and New York and L.A. and Austin and Dallas and Houston and St. Louis and Detroit to adopt use of force policies that prevent them from presuming that the person that they're chasing is guilty until proven innocent, you know, with mixed results. And people who are not, you know, older white men now sitting in the Supreme Court um, are guilty until proven innocent across a lot, large part of this country. So yes, while you well, well, you know enjoy you know a great uh, deal of you know obviously a better uh, retirement account and obviously unemployment being this low is really great for the economy and for all of us. Um, there's still a tremendous amount of inequality um, in this country, and that that presumption that you you, you highlighted that guilty until proven innocent it seems to apply to only a, a, a section of the population. So can can I just well, I, I, go ahead, Roger? I would, I would inject a, a contrarian point on that. Uh, you mentioned Beto. He, he's a white guy, and he was uh, pretty much innocent from his drunk driving crash-a-thon and his break-in at the university. So he sort of goes the other way. Elizabeth. I mean, I think that all of us have done stupid things in our lives, more of them when we were young, one hopes, than after we've matured. But I think that I, as a voter, as a person, it depends on how you talk about it years later when you're offered something terrific. 
And, I mean, I, we were talking at the break. Uh, Justice Hugo Black was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. That's right. Hugo Lafayette Black was a member of the Ku Klux Klan in his teens and early 20s. It was Bobby Byrd. And Senator so, Bird, right? and yes. so that's right. And so, when just uh, then, um, a Representative Black, I think he was at the time, or Judge Black, was brought in to talk about that. It was brought up, and he he said, "Yes, I did, and I resigned. Now I see it is wrong, and I'm sorry." That's what adults say. He disavowed uh, it, and it was after he was confirmed on the Supreme Court. And you're right; it is what adults say. And what they don't do is they don't dis uh, dispute. Incredible claims of drinking and boorish behavior that have been corroborated up, down, left, right. And we've been talking for a while. If if, uh, now Justice Kavanaugh had gotten out there and said, hey, look, I was uh, a jerk. I did a lot of stuff that was silly. I drank. I was a a doofus. But for 35 plus years, I've been, you know, nothing but a public servant, a father, um, a basketball coach. And um, those days are, you know, my days. The Democrats would have believed that. I think we wouldn't have been having this conversation here, and I think the country wouldn't have been as uh, torn apart as it now is. I'd like to just go back to Roger's original point. Roger, wow, you gave a great summary. I was going to try to get that in during the show, but you beat me to it. And uh, <laughs> are we going to give all this up? I think that these points that you made should, should be put into uh, ads for Republican congressional candidates across the country. Look at the week Trump had, not just on the Supreme Court, but with the trade deal, the record-breaking economy, and all the foreign policy wins. But they can, they can do that, but, but they're not, they're not going to move. Elections are also emotional. I don't think they're going to move as many people as the, as the ire that was raised last week by those that were demonstrating in the streets, shouting in the faces of United States senators. That video, I, I think, is last... more important than the, than the standard political uh, uh, texts that are used uh, by both parties. I mean, we've, we, we, a lot of people, Republicans, a lot know a lot of that stuff. Democrats don't know it. You've got to get that message to independents. But the, people that, the things that are going to move people out of their seats, I think we watched on television last week, one way or the other. One way or the other. I, I agree so, with I you, ju- Bruce. I just want to remind all of, you know, Roger, Josh, all of us, that there was a period of time, you know, post-Reconstruction in the 1870s, 1880s, that ran right up to the Great Depression called the Gilded Age. Everything looked great. The country was getting back together. The economy was looking great. The Industrial Age was booming. Um, and it was the prelude to, you know, one of the darkest economic periods because we weren't actually acting on behalf of everyone. And it took a multiple wars and multiple rebuilds to get back to any sense of normal. There, there's, I, always, I, there's always economic cycles, and you know what? We're going to have a downturn. There's no question about it. But what this president has done to supercharge this economy and get people back to work and get in, in with retirement accounts up, it is remarkable. But look at all the people who don't have retirement accounts. Look at all the people who are working. That's true, and that's good. But they're working at jobs where they don't have health care. They're working at jobs that can't – if you can't work 40 hours a week and you're doing a good job and you're still on food stamps, there's something wrong. And not with you. It's with our system. And I, I have great concern. that I mean, I'm doing great. I had the best year of my life in 2017, and I'm very happy about it, as are my creditors. But, <laughs> um, but you know, it's – I have concerns about people – 
who have not had the opportunities that I have had and who are not doing well. And I feel like that's part of America, that we should care about well, those people. But it is part of the opportunities that the Democrats have to make that case, yeah. not only to those people that you're referencing, mm-hmm. but to other people, to independent voters, mm-hmm. that that your way of, of moving forward is the better way. Yeah. That's what campaigns are all about. Absolutely. The Democrats need That's to why I had such a good year. That they need that they're <laughs> that they're in charge, you know, and and but and and that they, they have been responsible leaders. I think what what a lot of America saw last week was a demonstration of Democrats who were not they did not lead with their best foot. But I think they did not lead with their best foot. There are I'm also not a lot of challenge, I'm not I'm just saying the way in which they treated Kavanaugh, but secondarily the way they treated Dr. Ford. They I, outed her, they used her as a political ploy, and it didn't work. I gotta say, I don't think anybody came off well. I don't think the Republicans came off well. I don't think the Democrats came off well. I know a lot of women who watched the same video that you saw and are furious at the Republicans. And we don't know how many of which we'll find out in November. We we know from the Enthusiasm Gap poll that the Republicans have closed it from 12 to 2 during this whole Kavanaugh thing. So I think that... um, I, I think, but those I mean, Democrats were already fired up. I mean, it, the the gap was here. I think you yeah. you're not seeing Democrats coming down and Republicans coming up. You're seeing Democrats up here, and the Republicans very smartly used it to bring their folks up. Now, are they going to be able to keep it for a month? We'll see. The end result is Kavanaugh got through. Um, that will dim the <laughs> luster of the. We need you to get to the polls to vote for Republicans. Over, we have a month. People you know, have like, been like, voting for the last true, uh, true. Last but like week. the patron saint of all yeah. terrible things in the Senate, Mitch McConnell said recently, it's time to move on. And I expect that a lot of the Republican would be voters are going to move on. They got their lifetime appointment of Kavanaugh. But you know who is not going to move on? Every person who was moved by those videos the other way. Um, and everyone in my circle, including folks who are independent and right. even leaning right, are just especially lawyers are just appalled by how the Supreme Court has been really debased and. Kavanaugh is, in, in many people's eyes, not legitimate. Um, and when you get into that weird illegitimate place, it's really who, who is most harmed and hurt by it. It's, it's the losers. Um, you know, I can tell you that my independent friends and never-Trumper friends are very fired up, and they do believe that Kavanaugh is legitimate and that he was treated incredibly poorly. So it's just, it, it, I mean, we're going to see in yeah, a month who's right. Let's go, yeah. let's go to Mike. Uh, let's go in Spokane, Washington on KXLY. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you, Bruce. You know, a total chaos. The United States senators shot it down, being chased to elevators. Uh, there is a right to protest in a civil, respectable manner. Judge Kavanaugh admitted he was out of line during part of his testimony. And heaven help the next Supreme Court nominee. Heaven help him or her if they're practicing Catholic. Senator Dianne Feinstein of California would remind a person that he or she sounds like a Catholic. Well, I mean, there might have been better ways to make the point, but I'll tell you, you know, from my perspective, all representatives, Republicans, Democrats um, alike, um, have have gotten or seem so remote from the voters, so remote from their constituents. Um, Try to get a try to get a meeting, you know, half hour meeting with your senator. Try to get a half hour meeting with your, you know, local state rep or county rep. It's really hard, and sometimes, unfortunately, it takes a powerful moment to get a message across. Okay. 
We're going we're gonna to pause and then come back. 1-800-723-8029. Another half hour coming up. Don't yeah. go away. More to talk about as we come to you live from Chicago. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, and again, we're going to let our guests introduce themselves, and we'll begin with Elizabeth Austin. I'm a writer and strategic communications consultant and a Democrat. And you've done speech writing speech for writing political for, people? Speech uh, writing for governors, for CEOs, and for laboratory directors at Argonne National Laboratory. Okay. But you don't work for Republicans? I mean, if, 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 you, if a Republican client came across... Would you mean you... in a campaign or a person? Personally, <laughs> I mean, I would work for a republic. I, I have worked for a Republican, okay. just not in but campaigns. Not in, not in, not in campaigns. campaigns. Okay. That's usually not done. Kathy Posner. Okay, I'm I'm a Republican, but I have worked on campaigns for Democrats, Democrats. and has yeah. had yeah. clients yeah. from Justice yeah. Joy Cunningham was uh, yeah, you're an independent. was Democrat. Um, any number of uh, Democratic uh, clients. Uh, I've done many things in my life. Right now, we're billing. Well, what is this legislative? What is this former assistant legislative? What does that mean? What General. did you do there? We uh, investigated public corruption, and of course, the alderman got rid of the office after only in one Chicago. term in Chicago. So it was the most. It's the shortest thing I've ever done in my life, and it's <sighs> the most fun. In uh, God, investigating public corruption was. And unbelievable! How there much are fun fifty aldermen in Chicago. Subpoena power is the most fun thing ever. Mm-hmm. I used to think chocolate cake. Chocolate <laughs> cake a second after subpoena power. Yeah, and we and had subpoena. We power. have we have fifty aldermen in Chicago. Right. How many are corrupt? I had to sign so many confidentialities that even though it's now been four years since the office closed, and there could still be things that where it could be said that I was interfering with a federal investigation, I'm probably going to wait 10 years and then write a book. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. But I have to make sure that there's no interference with federal But there might be some more indictments coming down, is what you're saying. No, I would say probably not. We turned over okay. everything to the All FBI, right. and only one alderman ended up getting indicted. He, he's now pled guilty, and he's making a deal. Okay. In, wow. FBI's too busy. Peter Hanna. Uh, my name is Peter Hanna. I'm an adjunct professor at Chicago Kent School of Law. I'm a technology attorney. 
um, and I work with the ACLU on a number of civil liberties issues. And um, I probably my employers have probably probably been more Republicans than Democrats, but uh, I have never held that against them. <laughs> what is a technology? Uh, when you say technology, what do you, what what cases do you work on? Um, well, basically, just you know, as technology evolves, it raises uh, different um, you know hosts of different issues and issues that implicate our civil liberties. For example, right now, I know there's a, you know, an ordinance being considered. Uh, it's, I don't know if it's been formally introduced, but you know, it would empower uh, private entities across the city to uh, use facial recognition technology and provide that to the police. So trying to understand what the civil liberties implications are and to craft legislation in a way that adequately addresses both the security interest and the, uh, you know, the civil liberties of the individuals, frankly, civil rights as well as the individuals unli- most likely to be affected. Okay. Josh Gantro. I'm a uh, lawyer, practicing mostly in the cybersecurity space uh, and also professional liability. I'm a Republican. I'm also Jewish. I uh, live in Chicago, and that's pretty rare to have a Jewish Republican. But living in Chicago. Living in <laughs> Chicago who's out there and kind of active like that. But there are more of us than people think. Now, a lot of you, them are in the closet, though. <laughs> you've, you've lost a lot of friends over this, haven't you, over your politics? Yes, and some, uh, some distant family members as well. Uh, they're not happy. It was fine to be, I guess, a Republican uh, but uh, as long as I was in the never-Trump category, um, that was fine. But since I've come out and been more supportive of the president and his policies, um, they really don't like that. I have an active Facebook page, and, uh, and uh, that's been a source of some controversy. Yes. Well-written comments. Okay, we're Facebook friends. Okay. Yes, we, we are. <laughs> Would you still vote for Trump if you saw him shoot someone on Fifth Avenue? Running against uh, Sanders, Warren, um, any of these progressive leftist Democrats, absolutely. Even, uh, seriously, if, yes, I if he murdered somebody, you seriously would vote for him? O- over, uh, over a socialist, yes. Yeah, but he'd be in jail. He'd, he, he'd be in jail, jail and then we'd get his vice That's president. a hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about something that isn't necessarily a hypothetical, and I want to ask our Democrats to sort of weigh in on that. Uh, And that is, uh, if you would have asked many Democrats in the last several months, uh, Joe Biden, according to all of the uh, polls that were taken, that Joe Biden, uh, you know, was in first place uh, in many of these polls. And obviously this was before the the Bernie Sanders uh, campaign got cranked up or anyone to the left of center, and of which there are many in the Democratic Party. Did being quoted by judiciary Republicans during this hearing into Brett Kavanaugh, the name that was held up the most was Joe Biden and yeah. what he did as the chairman of the Judiciary Committee uh, in charge of the uh, Anita Hill Clarence Thomas hearings. Do you believe at this moment on, in, in uh, October of, of 2018, do you think that Joe Biden could be a viable candidate or has the party moved too far or so far left? And he is, that position of him and the role of him has so much video associated with him. Is that the Achilles heel that will sink his political aspirations, if indeed he has any? Okay, first of all, I think he has any. So there's okay. that. Um, I have a lot of concerns about Biden. I, I would have liked him to run, you know, four years ago, I, I was pro-Biden. Um, I think his moment has passed. I think reminding all of us that he did not comport himself, in my opinion, honorably with Anita Hill. It it is a reminder to me that, you know, when he had an opportunity to stand up for 
what was right, in my opinion. He did not. I think uh, we're. I also feel Democrats need to, you know, look maybe for someone who is not going to be in their late seventies at the end of the um, their uh, term. term. Yeah. And and I I, I, I I'm I'm not a spring chicken myself, but I feel that we need to start looking at a new generation of leadership. Peter, what do you think about uh, Joe Biden and whether he's viable? in the wake of uh, those hearings and all the Republicans reminding the nation about what he did during the hearings for Um, Anita Hill. I I agree with Elizabeth 100%. Um, I would just add that part of the the Democratic Party's problem is um, coalescing around a message or a set of messages that, you know, accurately reflect the candidate they're putting forward. So there were uh, tons of messages when Hillary Clinton was the nominee, but they didn't exactly fit with the nominee they put forward. And I feel like if if the you know party machinery kind of deigns Joe Biden is the person who should be the nominee, um, we are going to be in the same situation we, we were before. The nice thing on the other side is there you know you ask anyone who's opened any newspaper in the past any national newspaper in the past decade what does the Republican Party stand for? It's instant. I mean I think Donald Trump is changing a lot of what you know historically we knew, but you know strong defense, security, lower taxes, you know. Uh, workfare type programs, tough on crime, and you ask the same question of folks about the Democratic Party. The messaging is really garbled, so we need to focus our messaging and pick a candidate who, he, whether he or she is, whomever it is, is consistent with that set of Did messages. anyone on the hearings last week, primarily uh, Kamala Harris and Cory Booker uh, or Senator Klobuchar, uh, did any of them stand out to you because of the way they conducted themselves? Um, not because of the way they conducted themselves in, in a way to elicit me, like, that's a person I would want to see in the ballot. I mean, the way they conducted themselves often suggested this is a person who intends to be running in the primary. Um, I think, honestly, it's, it's a pretty open field. I, you know, I like Kamala Harris. I like Elizabeth Warren. I like Cory Booker. Um, but I think they have bigger, bigger issues, to, bigger fish to fry before they even contemplate uh, running in the primary. Kathy. I'm going to ask Professor a question for a second. You described the message of the Republicans where you said lower taxes, tough on crime, good economy. Aren't those things that we all want? So well, there's, why? But when I say <laughs> that's I, I, I want to thank yeah. you for making a good. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering whose side you're on. So when I say when I say when I do say when I say lower taxes, when I say lower taxes, that can mean different things to different people. So I think when you say that to the Republican establishment, it means lower taxes for corporations. When I say tough on crime, I think to the Republican establishment, that means tough on drug crime, low-level crime. When you say that elsewhere... Old crime, I, I'm broken windows theory. Low-level crime is very when, when I say strong on national security, you know, that to me means strong on national security in a, in a meaningful way, not security theater. But it, you say to the Republican establishment... You know, I don't even know what it means since we're getting so friendly with, you know, some of the most dangerous uh, sovereigns in the, in the world. But, you know, the, the Democratic message has been garbled. I'll admit that. And what it should be is basically whether you're, you know, a white guy, a black guy, a Latino uh, person, um, gay, straight, whatever, you're going to be on the same playing field. No one is going to jump over you in line because they're, you know, a minority. We are trying to create and establish a permanent Middle class where equality and the, the, the term that I think we need to focus on more than equality is parity. 
We have no parity in this country. The disparities between wealthy and poor are bigger than they've ever been. Between, you know, different racial groups are bigger than they've ever been. So I think the Democrats, you know, again, I'm not a Democratic strategist. I have no affiliation with the party. But I think really they need to coalesce around parity. We need a more equal and equitable America. That means just give, like... Communism. Not oh, at all. Sure. Not, in the, not in the slightest. It sounds a lot not like socialism. Equal opportunity is not socialism. First, you heard it here first, folks. It, the Democratic nominee for president will be Kamala Harris. It will be Kamala Harris. She is, in my view, um, on her road to the nomination. Well, I, I think Quite. she shares that view, but I'm not Quite. sure the rest of us <laughs> she agree. She checks off all the boxes. And that's what the Democrat Party is about now, checking off boxes. Progressive, black woman. I do want to point out, though, when... What about her background? Oh, I don't think that matters to to most Democrats. I think it's a matter of checking (laughs) off the boxes. Thank you for your insights into my brain. Is some of her personal political baggage, is that going to be fodder in the campaign, or is that going to be something that... 25 years ago that people don't want to talk about. Oh, I think I think that'll probably help her with the Democratic base. But I, right. I want to point out, the Republicans, when Obama was president, went through a similar kind of crisis of messaging, crisis of faith. There was a Tea Party. There were all these little splinter groups. And we're here today. we got to pause. Back to for Chicago. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City, just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. We have reaction tonight from uh, Boise, Idaho, KBOI. John is listening. Uh, Bruce, I think that the uh, predictable uh, uh, apologetic reaction from the radical liberals in response to the Kavanaugh confirmation (laughs) will be so apoplectic uh, that it will further embolden the independents to move right. We need to look no further than the tweet from a Stephen Colbert writer where she said, I'm glad we ruined, ruined Brett Kavanaugh's life. So... I mean, he's a Supreme Court justice. I don't know how ruined it is. Um, they have a basketball court uh, out there. It's yeah, in yeah, his, the, in and it's a job, and it's, and it's a job for life. It's a job for life. I mean, I'll, we humiliate our children every day. It's, it's just another one for the kids. But but tweets like that come out a lot. You see it, and it really reveals what Ameri- a lot of Americans think, but they there hasn't been proof of. Thank and goodness is, Republicans never tweet anything mean. No, but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that the, the whole Hollywood and entertainment media complex is just so hate. They're so, they're so full of hate uh, for Republicans. And a million other yeah, I, I, I'm going to give you, I'm gonna give you an assignment. Have you been watching The Good Life? The Good, good Place? 
No, I you got to watch The Good Place. It will change your mind about Hollywood. It's the loveliest show ever on television. Yeah, okay. But it's a blessing. But Hollywood people think because they have so much money, they can parachute it in around the country and make a difference. And that like the Koch brothers. Well, but, but those are There's limited examples. They send money, but they send money, not just celebrities. Celebrities have not proven to be very successful. I mean, they get a lot of publicity, but again, the celebrities, uh, you know, they didn't help Hillary Clinton. They didn't help yeah. her. She had, she had them all, and they didn't help her. She had Oprah. I, I, uh, to, your point, to your point, Clinton. Bruce, yeah. there was a get-out-the-vote rally in Ohio <clears throat> with Beyonce. And, yeah. I'm like, and somebody was telling me about that. I'm like... I would show up in Ohio. I did actually show up in Ohio. I knocked on doors, but um, I, I would I would go see Beyonce. I I wouldn't necessarily well, they vote. Tr- they helped turn out, but they, yeah, but, no, but she didn't no, win. they didn't. No, they yeah, didn't help but, turn out. That's my point. Everybody went to see Beyonce, but they did not go to the polls. That's my well, point. That's, and to be clear, let's say this gets back to what I said a little bit earlier. The Democrats need to spend a lot more time educating their voters Absolutely. because they have a lot of uneducated voters that don't understand things like the Electoral College. They don't understand that. that you Nobody have to be, understands the Electoral that College. You have to, I understand it. Well, okay, you and I understand it. I'm talking about general I was voters. Taught it in, I was taught it in school. Yeah. Like I was it. taught it in civics But here's the point. It, it's important. I think it's, impor- I think it's a responsibility for both parties to educate their constituents about what's happening in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I totally so, agree with you. So, so to fan the flames that somehow if you're going to go out there and you're going to you know, march for uh, repeal of the, of the Electoral College I, without someone explaining to them that, folks, it's not going to happen, and here's why it's not going to happen. You already said she I, I'm not. Two hours ago you said she's an educated We're talking about the average Voters, Democrat. And the problem is, to get back to my point from an hour ago, is that the average Democrat has not accepted that Trump won the election. Yes. Oh, no. I, and that's, I that's no. the biggest I, I problem in terms of I the let, division. I'm going to hear Peter. In Let's terms of the Peter division. I, first off, I, I, I look at that election as not Donald Trump winning. I look at it as Hillary Clinton losing. Yeah. Okay? The deck was stacked, and she failed to actually play the cards that she was dealt in a way like to win. She lost the election. That's how it is. I don't know any Democratic voter who's still stewing over Trump winning, even the ones who held their, you know, who, who are super Hillary folks to the ones who held their noses and voted for her. They all acknowledge she lost. I mean, whether Russia was involved or not, she lost. Bob Mueller hasn't put anything out to make us think otherwise. At the end of the day, the message that you said that needs to be impressed upon every voter and anyone who's undecided or out there. Just remember, elections have consequences. Yes, absolutely. Plain and simple. Agreed with you 100%. So whether you're a Republican or Democrat, and I I hope, you know, if you're undecided, you're a Democrat, um, keep that in mind. Your vote, no vote is trivial. Every vote has an impact. But you've got to explain to your your constituents, when the election is over, you lick your wounds, you fight harder, you run a better campaign with better candidates the next time, and that's how you make change. You can't just say, oh, okay, Donald Trump elected, you know, was elected president by the Electoral College, and by the way, he's going to make appointments to the Supreme Court. And then you got people, half the people, who may be Democrats, they're saying, well, why does he get a chance to make that point? I've they not heard anybody it. say that, Bruce. You know, here, look, Merrick Garland was put forward, P- and what happened? But that's a different story. But there's been an attempt 
to delegitimize this president from the day he was elected president. He and did it's get one thing after a, basis. Yeah. Another, yeah. On that basis. But it's been one thing after another, like Russia somehow influenced the election. That's, and that's, and, yeah. and all Russia, of these, it, it, it's one excuse involved. after another. You know, we know Russia was involved. I mean, that's, that's a fact that every intelligence agency has, has agreed upon. That they didn't is, change one vote. Do you There's believe been they're no involved proof. now? Do you believe – you're a cybersecurity guy. Do you believe that Russia and China, as the president has alleged, are both involved in this campaign? I am beyond a shadow of a doubt certain. They how? are. They are. In your view, how, how are we doing? Certainly attempting. I, I mean cyber espionage, um, if you're a sophisticated country with a lot of resources like China is, um, China has launched – uh, cyber attacks, um, one actually outed 19 or I think 18 or 19 Chinese spies who were summarily executed. So we know they have the means. We know they have the ability. Um, Russia, we have our, all of our intelligence agencies have agreed, has done so, um, and they want to impact these upcoming elections. And, and, we'll is, and is doing so. And is doing so. I, I mean, there were By the way, the next time, we want to have you back on before, before the elections. But again, I want to come back and we'll focus most of the show on the charges that you've just made. They're very serious, because I think no matter what your politics are, I think you want to know that your vote does count. It's important to get out yes. and vote, and you want to make sure that it's not being manipulated by any foreign. So let's let's talk specifically about what's being uh, being done. Last word to you, Elizabeth. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> vote. <That's it>. Vote. <laughs> vote. Everybody should vote if you want to vote. <laughs> you don't want to vote, don't complain. Uh, thanks to our guest, uh, Elizabeth Lawson. Thank you very much. Uh, Peter Benna, thank you very much. Kathy Posner and Josh, we thank you very much for joining us as well. And uh, Josh Canfro. <laughs> our program this evening has been produced by Genevieve Productions in association with WCGO in Evanston, Illinois. And our thanks to Dylan Klauke and Sam Greenberg and Dan Dorfman for their assistance in the production of this program. Until next week, this is Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. If you look hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's work, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. 
This is Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. 